Yo, Londa! It's Amigos, episode 354! Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Yolanda. Very excited about this episode, folks. What's your favorite girl name? Oh, gosh. You know, uh... I think I like uh, my favorite girl. That's a tough question to ask somebody rock top and now. Is it not Yolanda? It's well, you know, it's, I've never known anyone named Yolanda except for one chick at school that was old. So I don't have a good a chick at school that was old. Yeah, she was like a non-traditional student. Oh, this was up. This is when I went to electronics. School. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't really think I have a, a, a favorite name. Have you heard of Yolanda Adams before? No. She was the singer on Allie McBeal. I didn't watch that show. Mm. She, so, had, she had a standing engagement on that show. Are there other famous Yolandas? That's you, the only one I know. You know, I... So if you were going to have a daughter, what would you name her? Well, jeez, I don't know. Aaron Jr. Because Aaron's a good name for a girl or a boy. It is, it so, is. I used to pitch that probably all the time. Probably not the junior. I'd probably throw that out. Well, you know. What about, what about you? I like Elizabeth. Elizabeth's a, a fine name. You gotta say it like girl. Macho Man. You know? I don't know how you say it. Elizabeth, don't let out! You know? <laughs> That's because Miss Elizabeth was his valet. Mm-hmm. That's exactly time I hear that name. Or you could say it like Fred Sanford. Elizabeth, this is the big one. They actually sound they, sort of similar. I was going to say that your your Sanford voice and your Macho voice kind of yeah. intersects a little bit. Well, I mean, there's a lot in common <laughs> between those two guys. They're both studs. Did you ever watch Sanford? All the time. Like, I love that show. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, Boat. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you know, the thought of having a daughter fills me with a certain sense of dread. Yeah. Because raising a son's hard enough. I couldn't imagine raising a, a, a daughter. For one thing, I've been down that road, and secondly. It just seems scarier to me, yeah. you know. And it's not like you had any sisters to show you to show you the way either. No, so. no, it was. It's you know, in fact, it, it that I couldn't handle it. But I mean, what are you going to do? What are you, you going to do? And you never yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah. But man, you never know. Granddaughter, mm-hmm. you never know. What's yeah. Gonna... It can be here sooner than you think. Oh no, it can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear that boat. Well, Aaron, let's just dive right into this week's Amiga News and see what's going on. Amiga News. That's why we don't put the chat there anymore, by the way. Aaron, our first story this week is all about the Amiga 1020 five and a quarter floppy drive. Let me tell you something. I was excited about this one. And because uh, I actually have one of these. And so I was thinking to myself, because here comes, here comes Doug with the explanation. What the heck is the point of this thing? Well, that's a good question because we weren't sure. You recall that we tried to mess with this thing with the uh, C64 emulator. when we The only time I've ever really fooled with it. Uh, and uh, we didn't have any success. And so who knew that this thing was so difficult uh, to use, I'd had no idea, but uh, of course, a ten mark gets into it and goes into the, uh, the how it works and what you have to do to get the Windows or get the Windows to get a, uh, Amiga OS to recognize the drive. Mm-hmm. And these things ostensibly were made to work with the bridge boards that were that were for the Amiga, but 
with enough finagling, you can get it to recognize as a 400K regular floppy drive on the Amiga. Yeah, and it does ultimately go into the down the road of what really would you do with this and what would he do with it? Well, mm -hmm. the answer is nothing except for use it with a bridge board. That's the way, I mean, mine sits there. It's cool looking. It's branded, so it makes it kind of neat. Mine had know? that modded switch. You remember that? That's right. The, I forgot yeah. you've got one too. Yeah, I, I gave it to John Marshall because he he I saw him eyeing it, and so I, I <laughs> and I you knew you'd never do anything with That's it. That's right. That's but still, right. it's neat to have. I didn't realize they were. The Doug mentions that they're rare. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know. I mean, it's clearly, it's funny that we both had one. Yeah. So they're. I don't know how rare they are, but uh, uh, it's. I'd never had one until I got that big load of stuff from that guy. But they're kind of neat, Doug goes into it and he also goes step by step in terms of what it what you could do with it and how you get it to work. He also mentions that it's literally the exact same almost the exact same drive as a Commodore uh, 64 drive, one of the later ones that came out. I mean it's literally it looks the same. It's the same kind of mold. Probably have the same mold, yeah. Just some of the innards are a little bit switched around, mm -hmm. but uh, pretty interesting. Uh, and I enjoyed it. Doug always brings the good stuff there. I got a big kick out of this one both. Now, Aaron, our next story, we, we touched on it briefly a few weeks ago, but now that it's finally official, we, I want to bring it back and talk about it one more time. The Amiga, the next Amiga Jam is now live and kicking. They're now submitting entries. This thing is the Blitz Basic Amiga Game Jam. So all entries must be coded in Blitz Basic. Submissions are due in two months and 29 days. This thing opened oh, up on man. June 1st. And it finishes up on uh, it finishes up on August thirty first. So you got all summer to do this. It's going to be real interesting to see what uh, what people come up with, what people can code in Blitz Basic. You know, I'm looking here at the judges for this. Mm -hmm. You got a good bunch here. You've got Amiga Bill. Mm -hmm. He's got to be there. Yeah, he's sort of your figurehead. Right. Then you've got uh, Sven. Uh, I believe his name is Droge. He's the developer of Amiga Blitz, mm -hmm. sort of an important fellow. Darren Doyle, graphic uh, designer and co-creator of Bitmatch Soft and Phoenix Square. You can see where I'm going here. They didn't just pick like you slim, and me. Slim, no, they would. That's the last guy you want. <laughs> These guys are knowledgeable studs yeah. Yeah. who have experience in the realm of Blitz Basic, which you know, a very powerful uh, language. We've seen a lot of good stuff come out, so this should be a lot of fun. You got what? Say about three months to get it done. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as the months roll by, as these entries come in, I'm sure that uh, our buddy Neil over at Indie Retro News will be giving us updates. I can't wait to see as these games develop what's going on. Yeah, man. yeah. All right, Aaron. Our next story is all about International Amiga Day. Yeah, this was perplexing to me. Someone filled me in, but go ahead. So International Amiga Day was created way, way, way before we started the podcast. This thing's been going on for years and years, and it was actually founded over at the English Amiga board, where I think some some guy just put, made a post. He's like, I declare May 31st to be International Amiga Day. And so it was, for then and forever. And I guess May 31st is Jay Miner's birthday. Yes, that's the part so. I didn't, yeah, I was. that's where I got clued in. Now, if this has been going on for all these years, I mean, have you, we've been doing this for a while. We cover news. We don't catch it all. We catch a little bit of it. I'm, no, I don't remember ever hearing about this. Do you? I don't. Maybe not. I don't know. Did I, we I ever? Remember. I'll guarantee someone's going to go back and find a clip of us going, "Hey, it's a Mega Prob Day." Probably every year. We yeah. just forget Wait, about it because it's only once a year. I don't remember it. Uh, and he, it's there's a list of stuff you've got to do. Did you see this? <laughs> you must switch one at least one Amiga. I'm going to ask you if you did this on that day. 
Because I believe what, this was what, what day was this again? This was uh, May thirty first. So that was that was uh, was it Sunday? Uh, yeah, uh, Tuesday. 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 Okay, so that's a work day. It's mm. a little bit tough. You got to run at least one game, and but an emulation has been accepted. You must whiten a yellowed Amiga. <laughs> I guarantee you wouldn't do that. You must give your non-working Amiga to a tech. In case you are a technician, you've got to get one working. You have it. You have to wear an Amiga T-shirt. Hey, I've got that. Bam. And if you, if none of the above, you can make a foot of yourself with an Amiga and share it with your friends on social networks or whatever Amiga activity you like. Uh, I think my Amiga activity was uh, I, I moved some Amiga game boxes around that day. Hey, whatever works, there you go. man. But I didn't share it. So there you go. Next year we'll know better. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll prepare. We'll prepare. We'll prepare. But still, kind of neat. International Amiga Day. Uh, that's every day for us. That's right. Aaron, our next story was actually shared with us on the old Discord. Mr. Rushi found this on the old Belgian Amiga Club uh, Facebook page. He took a screenshot of it, which we've shared here. This is uh, somebody, some enterprising fellow, has uh, created a, um, a disk drive. This has written a disk drive-heavy news segment yeah. uh, for the Amiga Mini that works with an SD card. What do you think about this thing, Aaron? Uh, goofy, uh, but I mean, it's a, it's, listen, this is a lot like my idea to take the jukebox and put an MP3 player in it, and mm-hmm. it, it's just like, what are you doing? You're an idiot. And, but I mean, you can do it <laughs> if you have that much love. Right. So what this guy did was, I'm assuming, from looking at these pictures, that he 3D printed a, a, his own little uh, drive bay yeah. from somewhere, and then he basically stuck a, a SD card reader in it cunningly winding mm. wiring about he's got pictures of the innards here and then you could put an sd card in it that has a little disk drive sticker in it mm-hmm. so there you go that's that's it and then it, of course uh, uh you hook it into your amiga uh, that has a presumably has some sort of a, a interface that you can use to, to, to for this thing well this is for the amiga mini Oh, you that's can tell right. that because the disk yeah, drive right. is half the size. You're right. My brain freezed up. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting that that thing exists. <laughs> so you plug this thing. So that really makes it more wacky than it was because I mean you're going a long way for this one. Well, you know you're going a long way if you even own an Amiga Mini. Let's be honest, because there's there's all, all kinds of ways that you can play Amiga games. So I I salute this guy because I mean, it looks cool. It looks like a legit piece of hardware. Well, number one. It doesn't have eight million wires hanging out of the back of it because he's got this thing wired up pretty pretty ingeniously. Um, number two, I like the fact that he's putting stickers on his SD cards. That means he's taking time out of his busy day to print individual labels that yeah. have, and maybe, who knows, maybe he's got an entire collection of Amiga discs, one ADF per SD card. And so he'll gingerly take one out of the box and slide it in. You know, I do wonder that because I've seen people that have these like, SD card holders, and they're like they 3D print them. I think to myself, you know, you could really just need one. Right. I mean, for the most right. part, unless you're really out of your mind. Right. But so, you know, I've, I've toyed with the idea of doing something similar because I am a man after this guy's own heart because I enjoy the ritual of taking things out of things and sliding things in. And I think, that, like, listen. That's the ritual you That's love? the ritual. And so, um, like, for the pie having like a different operating system on each SD card that you stick into the pie and bang, boom, it's the old BM C64 or yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, So, but I, hats off to this guy. I wish I knew his name. I do know his name. His name is Steffest Punt B-E, which might have been truncated for, uh, for, for Facebook purposes. Yeah, I salute you, uh, 
weird guy. Now give me credit. I mean, hey, <laughs> weird guy. We salute you. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is this is a weird project, but he made it look good. Yeah, Boat. yeah. Speaking of looking good, before we depart the news here, Boat, because this is the this is the big news. We might as well just go ahead and bring it up now since we're early on. We are only a few weeks, Boat. A few. A few weeks. I mean, literally, it's less than three weeks mm-hmm. from your namesake convention. Yes, it's Boat Fest. Boat Fest. Hello, give them a scoop, Boat. On June twenty fourth and twenty fifth, in lovely downtown Hurricane West Virginia, in the Holiday Inn Express Conference Center, uh, we will be hosting West Virginia's premier retro computing festival. Uh, we will have thirty plus retro consoles and computers set out and for, for free play. We'll have a virtual pinball machine there. We've sold quite a few tickets. People from literally all over the country are going to be and from parts outside of the country are yeah. going to be here to uh, to hobnob around, enjoy time uh-huh. together. I'm not sure hobnobbing's the word I use. <laughs> uh, Frank from Retro Rewind plus a van full of miscellaneous Canadians. Will be coming down to repair your broken systems uh, and uh, be just be on hand to answer any technical questions you might have. We're going to have contests. We're going to have drawings. We're going to have karaoke with Mixmaster Aaron. Uh, it's going to be a really really fun weekend of just hanging out, playing some fun games, and uh, getting some cool stuff. Also, if you've got a bunch of extra retro computing stuff that you'd like to swap with somebody else and get some new retro computing stuff. Bring it on down because we're going to have a swap meet. Uh, we'll have official Bootfest merch for sale. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really really fun weekend. Tickets are twenty five dollars for the weekend, and you can check out the official schedule and get your tickets over at Bootfest.info. Well, I also want to mention that uh, on top of everything, Boat mentioned, we're going to be doing some shows live live there at Bootfest, including this one, including that's all of our normal stuff, plus our good buddy the Flaxters, yeah, Jack. Freaking flag coming mm-hmm. in live. I was talking uh, to the branches the other day. We're gonna have a lot of uh, people that do a lot of streaming stuff. We've got representatives from Coco Talk, and we got uh, Mr. Cole is gonna be there. A yeah. bunch of guys that are streamers are gonna be there, mm-hmm. which should be a lot of fun. Uh, a bunch of Team Speaker regulars are gonna be there. Big group of them, so that they're they're gonna get some get into some Not trouble. to mention the Team Speaker regulars will be there in full force. That's what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You left town. For I did. A mentally. I left town mentally. It should be a lot of fun. If you are within the driving range, please stop by. Now, if if, uh, um, if Wi-Fi permits, we're going to stream a good chunk of this event and the shows if we can. Uh, if we can't, we'll be recording everything. So you know, any way it goes, it'll get released. We, it just may be on a tape, uh, be on a tape time, delay. Time, yeah, time delay. Like they say on delay. wrestling, we'll keep the cameras rolling. That's- that's right. Nothing ever happens during a commercial break. You ever notice that? So please, if you, if you are in the neighborhood, uh, drop by and say hi. Uh, it should be a lot of fun, Boat. I think that's all the news we've got, my friend. All right. Well, before we dive into this week's Game of the Week, Aaron, why don't we talk a little bit about our favorite place to get all of our Commodore computer supplies, Retro Rewind. Speak of the devil here. I, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Frank's newest uh, product here. The A630, the uh, accelerator for your Amiga 600. I was talking earlier about this thing, Boat, uh, before we went on the air. The Amiga 600 has become quite a hot property. Well, people are finally catching on to the fact that it's the greatest Amiga that was ever created. Well, and the funny thing is it's it's one of the worst. 
It's one of you're the out of worst. your mind. No, I mean I, I, back in the day when it came out, it, it showed. It was a disappointment when it came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could say that it was a it was a it was unmitigated horror. Mm-hmm. And if if you're like me and you were reading the magazines and you saw this was the next offering, it's like what is this? This is crap. Is what it is. Uh, but flash forward uh, thirty or so years, and all of a sudden this thing's looking pretty great. Why? It's small. It, it's uh, got a very small footprint. It's got the IDE port in it. It's a decent little machine. It didn't have the jack it needed. And this accelerator gives it the jack it needs. It's a great accelerator. Uh, clocked at 50 megahertz, 64 meg of memory. And this is important. It's fully compatible with the Amiga 600 PCMCA slot. So you don't have to worry about that annoyance mm-hmm. with the PCMCA slot. Because that was always the issue with some of the other accelerators, and Well, I right? saw with the 1200 as well. The mm-hmm. PCMCA card slot is sort of... It's a, it wasn't like what I would call 100%, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. got a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, you're looking for to jack up your 600. Frank's got these things on sale, 225 US. That's a good price. And the fact of the matter is, this takes the, uh, uh, the A600 from like an amusing novelty to a powerhouse like that. Yeah. And, it's, and you've got a good socket on this thing. It's a, it holds well. He's told me they've had no problems with it, and all the reports I've heard tell me that this thing's top shelf. Uh, of course, Frank has more than just accelerators uh, for the uh, Amiga. He does he does all sorts of services for the Amiga and Commodore line, the TR City Color Computer. I'm talking recapping and repairs. He'll also sell you caps if you need to do the recapping yourself. He's got parts. He's got carts. He's got ROMs. He's got everything you need if you've got a Commodore or an Amiga or a Coco. That's right. And if you want to take advantage of a way to save some money, use the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout and you can save 10% off any order at Retro Rewind. We thank Retro Rewind for being an official sponsor of the Amigos. It's like free money right there. That's right. Take advantage, folks. All right, Aaron. We've lingered about long enough. It's time to take a deep dive into Yolanda. Yeah, I'm, I've got to tell you, I'm really looking forward to this, uh, and not and for real, because I, you know, let's come clean with the people. Uh, you had played this before, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think I'd ever actually played it. I thought I did, but when I actually started playing it, it wasn't the game I thought it oh, was. Okay, and so this was really my first go around with Yolanda, and I knew that you had been watching. The uh, committee's voting right. closely because you were worried that this would win, and then when it did, you weren't exactly jumping for joy. I was not thrilled. I was uh, not and thrilled. so I'm interested to see if a, a week of playing Landa has has softened your demeanor towards it. Uh, just to get into the particulars on this, uh, released on the Amiga in 1990, uh, one disc and published by Millennium. Developed by Vector Dean. Now, the development of this is interesting. Um, I, well, I will say, before I get into it, Vector Dean, you've probably heard of, they did all the James Pond games that you're so fond of. Listen, you love the Quadic games. So you at least got one in there you like. They also did Bad Company, Dogs of War, Fire and Brimstone. Um, so these guys had success, okay? This game, I kept reading, I kept looking at who developed the game. Like, what is this? And they always had it listed as designed by Steve Back. 
and then coded and the graphics, everything else was everyone else. I thought to myself, what is up with this? <laughs> so I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting to a point here. And so I looked into Steve Back, okay, that's B A K, <clears throat> who designed this game. He also is credited as the designer of the ST version, which this was taken from. This started on the ST, as far as I could tell. Um, he worked on a game, a couple games we've played, including that would include Fright Night, if you'll recall, Fright Night. A Gold Runner, a Spitting Image, mm-hmm. another another Amigathon <laughs> favorite. I think we even covered that one time. Uh, but this game, it turns out, Boat, is actually based on another game. Really? That, that another game that Steve Back did. Okay, so there's a game for the eight bit machines called Hercules. Okay, and Hercules. Is this basically? It's a lot like Yolanda, but in the eight-bit version. Okay. It came out on the C64 initially, as far as I could tell, and then it made the rounds on the C16, the Acorn, Electron, the BBC Micro, and the ZX, all the ones you would expect. It was released in '84. Okay. Hercules was a game uh, where you play as Hercules. You're going through the trials of Hercules. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to uh, get through all the trials of Hercules to win the game. Uh, And Yolanda is basically that exact same premise with Hercules' daughter. Okay. All right. And so that's now is that canon? That's canon. So I mean, like in the actual Greek mythology, did Hercules have a daughter named Yolanda? It's funny you should mention that because I was wondering that too. Mm -hmm. I looked it up and I did. I saw references to a daughter of Hercules named Yolanda. Now, Hercules, of course, you get different mythology depending on the Greek sure. terms. It's all right. it's real mess. Right. I didn't see for the most part the big sites I looked at, and I didn't go deeply into this. Mm-hmm. Didn't say anything about him, but they he had a daughter, but okay. not named Yolanda. But I did see a couple of things talk about a daughter named Yolanda. So right. there may be That's some good basis for me. in that. Yeah. Weird stuff. I looked at the uh, and and I wanted to talk about this early in, so we might as well go talk about it now. I looked at the uh, Hercules, uh, and I looked at it on the C64, and I, I put a little uh, demonstration together here if you're watching at home, but it's, it's got Yolanda, and it's got Hercules, and you can see uh, from looking at Hercules that it they play similarly. You play Hercules, it's a, it's a jumping platform-style mm-hmm. game. And he, including getting the uh, the uh, mystical item, he has to pick up. Mm-hmm. So you can see that that's exactly what's happening. Oh here. yeah, there's you, the golden fleece right there. If you look on, if you actually look this game up on Moby, it doesn't even list Yolanda as a game. It lists Hercules with an alias name as Yolanda. Really? Which, that's not entirely correct. Yeah. Because Hercules was never released as Hercules on the Amiga. So they sort of dropped the ball on that one. But it's something. That I found interesting uh, that th- this is just it's just a game that he'd worked up uh, for the uh, for the Amiga. Now, with all that said, I don't know that Steve Back. I didn't think Steve Back did anything on these except for the design of the original game. Okay, in the design, what does that mean? He designed the game. It means he. Did, I guess they. I don't know if he was involved in that. But when I look over the people that worked on this game, and this is sort of what threw me on it, uh, amongst the people that worked on it. Where Phil Back did the music, so one which I believe is either his son, I think it's his son, mm. from what I read. So he was involved in this probably in some way. Mm-hmm. He may have been fully involved in it. His design name is in the credits, but I don't know 
if they just took his old game and ported it up, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's there's that. Now, what the heck is this game? Do you want to? I'd love to hear you explain what this <coughs> is, Boat. Okay. So Yolanda is a single screen platformer game in the grand tradition of games like Jumpman, uh, in which you uh, play as the titular Yolanda, and uh, your job is to negotiate. A, uh, a series of obstacles in order to reach a doorway, okay? Uh, some of the obstacles that you uh, may have to overcome are uh, lava, uh, animals of various kinds, spiders, crabs. Yeah. Um, and you also have to negotiate uh, jumping across chasms. You have to climb vines. There are fireballs that, uh, that issue forth that you have to avoid. And um, and once you reach the next level, uh, then you go. It's a new challenge, yeah. And you move through the game. The uh, the backstory. This is sort of interesting. They don't just say like because basically Yolanda is beautiful. All right, according to backstory, and uh, Hera is not pleased, uh, the goddess, and so she's like, all right. Uh, you're screwed unless you go back and recreate your father's victories these various challenges. Otherwise, you're you're opposed. Mm-hmm. So you're that's why you're playing this beautiful woman taking on these tests just to just to make Hera happy. Uh, and there you go. Now that sounds great. Let's break down what this game actually is, right? Because that's, that was an excellent that was an excellent explanation. This is your this game is a throwback game. Mm-hmm. In every way, mm-hmm. it may have been upgraded to the 16-bit uh, computer, and it may have been uh, ch- the name may have changed. They may have upgraded the graphics, but this is exactly an 8-bit game in every conceivable way. Yeah, and this goes back to a game like a Manic Miner, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of game where it takes you to school. This is a game that hates the player, and it tells you in the box. That this is the hardest game ever made. It's the ultimate challenge. It's the ultimate challenge, and that you're probably boned. Mm-hmm. You could instantly die within two seconds of starting your very first man. Right. Okay? Uh, so you've got to come to grips with that. Um, the game will start you out uh, at, on a text screen, and it will tell you, okay, and this is an area where you'll be attempting to get the Golden Fleece, for example. Well, the, the very first thing that you get when, when you start the game is you hit 1, 2, or T. Yeah. Okay? When you hit 1, uh, then you get a joystick. You get a menu that says uh, push up on the joystick for wimpy. Yeah. Press uh, fire yeah. for regular and press down for heroic. Yeah. And uh, what changes are the amount of lives that you get. If you're if you start with wimpy, you get eight. I think regular is four, and heroic is only one. Yeah, and I will tell you uh, for full disclosure, I just I use uh, I knew I was like I'm, I know how this is good. I, just, I use unlimited lives. Oh, right you out of the just game. went just right yeah, out. Yeah, because of the game. I, I was like I'm not going to mess with that. And I, I also you know I I didn't even I, I didn't even find out about those menus until after I played. I just hit the button and started the game. I didn't even once I started reading the docs. I'm like oh there's a menu. Mm. But yeah. I recommend cheating immediately, all right? And because this is going to change how you perceive this game, all right? So once you, once Bo, like Boat mentioned, once you actually uh, uh, pick your level, you start the game, one or two players. It's a hot seat. So the, there's a screen that will pop up. It will give you the t- which trial of Hercules you're on, okay? Now, it's important, especially if you're not cheating, 
to memorize which of these artifacts you're after because certain artifacts will start the game with your instant death. Also, when you when you start the playable part of this game, there is 0% time to mill around. The second you see where you're at, you have to go. Yeah. For example, one of the uh, trials starts you at a, a on a high platform and the second you start, you have about 2 seconds to jump over a fireball that's already coming at you. Mm-hmm. All right? If you don't jump, you're bugged. Mm-hmm. All right? Uh, some, a lot of levels start you at the bottom, and after a while, the floor catches fire and right. it instantly kills you. You've got literally one or two seconds to move, and to get off that floor, you're going to die. Now, those are the generous parts of the game. Uh, you, as you go, this is both said this is sort of like a jump man or like maybe like a uh, Montezuma's Revenge. They did have something in common with those, but it's also got. It reminded me almost like of like Dragon's Lair, Rick Dangerous, yeah. mm-hmm. because you have one shot at it. Well, it's a it's a it's a trial and error yeah. experience. You will have to memorize mm-hmm. the majority of the levels. Now, yeah. there are some levels I picked up right away uh, and could get through them. But most of them, you because ha- and the reason you have to memorize them is because the game lies and the game cheats. Uh, you'll see a platform, you jump on it, it just catches fire, mm-hmm. or it just disappears and dumps you into the fire. Mm-hmm. You see a vine, you want to jump on it, may just disappear when you grab it. Right. Uh, it cheat. This game cheats. It's a it's a very cheap game. In fact, I would say it's cheaper. We've played Manic Miner, <coughs> we've played Jet Set Willy. We've played a lot of these style games on uh, on most of the ZX, uh, and those games don't cheat like this. They're hard, and they have a lot in common with it, but this game is just straight-up cheap. Well, the, the difference, there are two big differences. Yeah. One is that uh, when you play uh, Manic Miner, you're presented with a level, and no matter how difficult the level is, if you don't move at the beginning of the level, you have as much time as you need to sort of plot your route. Yeah. Okay? In this game, like you said, in the majority of the levels, you have like three seconds before you're either killed by a fireball or yeah. the platform that you're standing on catches fire and you die. Yes. Okay? The second thing is that in Manic Miner... The everything operates in a predictable way. There's there's various things that are put together in a manic miner, whether it's a treadmill or whether it's enemy patterns or whether things always happen the same way. And like when you go from level to level, there aren't any surprises. Versus, like you said, in this game, there are some platforms that you just jump right through. Yeah, they're not real platforms. And so it takes away any illusion that you can possibly get better at this game through anything other than memorization. It throws that notion right out the window. Yeah, and, 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 and something else that's different is that Manic Miner, you, you'll play to a level, then you, and you, you, you can either get past that level or die trying. Mm-hmm. This game, you, it switches levels. Right. That's what reminds me of Dragon's Lake. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't get past le- this level, don't worry if you die, because you're going to be going somewhere completely different. And you've got to keep in mind that you're only accessing, for example, again, I'm going to go back to the Golden Fleece. You're only accessing the first part of, uh, like, three screens worth of, of perils, mm-hmm. okay? You're never going to see screens two and three until you get past the first. So that means 
you've got 36 or so screens. It says 50, so maybe a little up there because there may be some extra ones. I didn't get very far, as you can imagine. But uh, you're, you've got many, many screens of peril that you're not going to be as well as practiced at as you are in a Manic Miner. Uh, and that makes this game even harder because you're not doing the same thing over and over. Now, I want to talk about uh, the controls on this. Okay, um, this game is much uh, much in the same vein as a Manic Miner. Requires pinpoint accuracy, pinpoint pixel perfect accuracy. Mm -hmm. Would you would agree with that? Yes. Now, in a game like this, you need perfect controls. Okay, this doesn't happen. Uh, this game has problems. It, it poses problems that you can eventually overcome because you'll get used to it, but the game is not friendly to learn mm -hmm. the controls of. I mean, the controls don't just suddenly change, but they are difficult to master. And I'm going to give you an example, and I'm, I, I'm anxious here if you had the same problem. Grabbing vines can be a tricky and difficult proposition. Do you grab them straight up from under them, or if you're coming in from the side? Often, I would, I would accidentally jump twice when I'm trying to grab one and just jump right off. Uh, and the thing is, you're under such pressures that you can't make any mistakes. Mm -hmm. You cannot make a single mistake on a lot of these boards. And if you can't, for example, just something as simple as getting off the main floor before it catches fire can get you killed time and time again just on your on the basis that you're having difficulty grabbing the vine, which gave me all sorts of trouble. Did you experience anything like that? Yeah, to me, the jumping part of this game is less pixel perfect than what you need in a game like Manic Miner. But the grabbing of the vines is the kiss of death. Yeah. It's the kiss of death because you have to do that in almost every level. Yeah. And you can grab a vine and then hit jump twice and just fling yourself back off the vine. Yeah. Uh, this That is the part of the game that was the most frustrating to me. I mean, let's be honest. This game is exactly what it says it is. Yeah. It's the ultimate challenge. It is. This game is a game that if you like if you like to spend tons and tons of your free time memorizing the single route through every one of these levels that will take you to the end, if that's the sort of thing that gives you a sense of accomplishment and you love the fact that you know in your heart of hearts that 99% of the people that play this game will put it down after five minutes, if you're the one that did good on it, this is the game for you. If you're like me and enjoy playing video games, this is not a game for you. Uh -huh. I'm going to tell you, the game is cheap. It doesn't play fair. It purposely tricks you. Mm -hmm. It wants you to die. Okay, it's the controls are iffy. They're fair once you get used to, them, but they're difficult. And the 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 games, the structure of the game itself, the the. The fact that it starts you at instant death, the fact that you have one second to move, it's designed, no offense to the, uh, the, the poor fellow that did it, but the design is long, it needs more. Well, it needs it, more in terms of the ability to even start the level. I understand what he, because obviously this is like the logical conclusion yeah. of this type of game. It's like, how do we push this? This, this genre to its logical extreme. You know, how can we make the single platform or the single screen platformer as difficult as we can while still making it doable? And the answer is you have to turn it into basically a Dragon's Lair type game yeah. where every, every movement you make is scripted. 
So, with all that said, the many, 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 many flaws, I really like this game. Uh, I played the crap out of it. Uh, I, I enjoyed it immensely. And I enjoyed this the exact same way that I enjoyed Matic Minor when we covered that on the R. Sinclair. All right? It's not a game for everyone, and it's infuriating. In some ways, it's more infuriating than Manic Miner, okay? Because Manic Miner, I thought, was a, a better, more cleverly designed game, all right? This guy's not as clever, but he's get, he's on the right track. Uh, this game, with all of its flaws, if and you and you have to cheat. You have to turn on, just turn on Unlimited Man. I'm telling you. I would not like this game without cheating. Because I don't want to start over and over, although it's pointless. I mean, ultimately, you end up saying it. But, I mean, turn, if, you, if you put it on Unlimited Man and just sit there and try to beat these levels, which is what I did. I could get past, after many hours of play, I could get past the majority of the first levels of the, of the, of the stuff. There were some levels I could get past the second part, but I couldn't get past the third part. Not many. And the reason is, I had ran through, just like Manic Miner, I had played the opening levels so much that I had become uh, well acquainted with them. All right, now, does that mean I could, just like Manic Miner, does that mean every time I could get past? No. In fact, some of the levels I thought were fairly simple, I would die sometimes because uh, you didn't grab the vine in time. And you, like I said, there's no room for error. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and so that could get frustrating. This is a game where probably 80% of the people would turn it off after five minutes, just like you said. Then about 15% of people would t play it for about 20 minutes and then give up. And then there's that 5% of people that are morons. They're insane. They're crazy in the head. And, and they, this, this is the kind of game that takes me to a place I don't often go. And the place I don't often go is just rage. And fury. And you want to beat the game because the game dared to oppose you in this way. It's so cheap. And so I enjoyed it on that level. Is it a good game? No. Uh, but it does take me back to that Manic Miner feeling of an 8-bit game. That And it, the thing is, with a few changes, this could have been a, a much better game. And there a lot of them are, wouldn't you agree, are pretty simple changes. Yeah. Just if, if you like the controls of this boat, and you didn't instantly die on a level. You could have enjoyed this. How well, much more? I don't even think, think instant like instantly dying on a level. That's not a that's not a, a deal breaker for me. What I would have liked to have seen is some 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 overworld where you have branching paths and you can choose what level you want to start on. Yes, you can choose what. That's what, exactly what I thought. Choose yes. whatever artifact you want to go for first. Yeah. That makes the the sort of burnout factor a little bit less. Yes, and. and Oh, go go up. Sorry, go ahead. And uh, the the other thing is like this is a button for jump game, yeah. which I like. I'm all about button for jump, as you know. But if you hold the jump button down, you jump infinitely. Okay. Yeah. That's a problem. That's yeah. a problem. Um, really, and then like I said, if you get you killed, if if you play this game on wimp mode, <clears throat> you get eight lives. Yeah, not enough. But. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're playing with unlimited lives or eight lives. You know, if you have the option to play the level that you want to play over and over again until you get good at it, then that's fine. It's the constant skipping around of levels that is... I don't understand the, why that's there. The, the, what you're saying about the picking the level, sort of like you'd try or mm -hmm. something. 
That's absolutely. I had the exact same thought. And the thing is, that gives the game a lot more leg. Yeah. You know, and you could because you could set at a master level. Now, if the guy making it wanted to make the ultimately difficult game, and you, that's why I didn't put that in there. Uh, and truth be told, because uh, I don't want to sit here and say I put this game over, because I it without the without the unlimited lives, I would not like this game at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. So it's not a good game with the unlimited lives cheat, where you could go in there and try to figure out these levels. Figuring out the levels, I found fun. All right, and frustrating but fun. And getting used to controls, I found frustrating but doable. You know, I know this game is not popular. Uh, I looked on when I looked up the reviews of the game. I mean, it, we'll get to them, but it got it got crushed. Uh, but with all that said, if I'll give the following: if you are into these sorts of games, and you, and oh, we didn't even talk about the music. Hold hold a second, now. That also is irritating. You mm-hmm. hear the same. 10 seconds of song over and yeah. from the beginning, over and over yeah. and over. The music got muted real fast. Even Manic Minor mm-hmm. was, <laughs> this was this was right. And the thing is, if we heard that music once, it would be okay. Over and over and over, no good. No good. Uh, but with all that said, there is a set of people that would enjoy this game. How do we do for reviews, Vote? Uh, Lord Soup writes, Rancid Dietrich, Waste of a Disc. Uh, or detritus, I think is what the, I say that. Mm. One out of ten. David Hearn Ryder says, A game that takes great delight in killing you. Progress isn't reliant on skill. Instead, you must remember when platforms turn to fire and where the invisible platforms are as you return to the game with gritted teeth in an overflowing swear jar. Was this play tested by a T-1000? Overall, zero out of ten. Oh, man. Uh, Super Tech Boy writes, this game only exists for hazing your friends, and for that, 10 out of 10. Uh, Pajaco writes, The game started, I looked around the screen to see what I had to do and where I needed to go, and in that nanosecond, the floor caught fire and I died. Things rapidly go downhill from there. <laughs> Yolanda is punishing at every turn, and whilst games are allowed to be tough, this one is just plain unfair. Everything mm-hmm. is pretty much learned by dying, and try not to do that the next time. Coupled with twitchy controls, the whole thing feels like video game trolling. I wouldn't even use the disc as a coaster. One out of ten. Alien Breeder writes, Yolanda is somehow ranked lower than Top Banana on Lemon. Meaning that there were actual human beings that gave both of these atrocities scores above zero. While I cannot condone this rating lower than Top Banana, as Top Banana is the worst video game ever made on any system ever designed, this certainly does try its best to be that bad. Fortunately, while it has a hideous background, you can actually see the main character and is not quite as vomit-inducing. The controls are nearly as bad and the objective is just as confusing. The one positive is that the horrifyingly annoying music did not send me into a psychotic rage like the sound in Top Banana. Overall, I give Yolanda a minus 272.15, one point above Top Banana. Man. And Barkbit writes, If you look at things in an insane, positive light, you could call this exercise a proto-Twitch game, making you train your reflexes and memory to be able to traverse Yolanda's somewhat hostile environment. However, most people are attached to reality and can see this game for what it really is, a joke. One out of ten. Man. Well... The uh, Discord folks were very much in line with the actual magazine reviews of the day. Uh, they, this did indeed get a 2.151 lemon 
to put it in perspective, top banana got a 2.53. So this is uh, par parts of a point low. I totally agree with Alien Breeder. As as much as there as much as many bad points as there are in Yolanda, I would gladly play Yolanda for the rest of eternity rather than play yeah. Top Banana. Well, Top Banana was not just bad gameplay; it was repulsive character, right? Horrible, weird sound. Uh, everything about that game was repulsive. Some of this game has uh, uh, some uh, not bad qualities. Um, getting into the magazine reviews, Amiga Action gave this a seventy percent. Bo, not bad. Amiga Format, not so kind, 49%. Amiga Joker gave this a disemboweling score of 10%. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the Games Machine, 27%. And the one, believe it or not, uh, in November of 91, apparently gave this a 4 out of 5. What? You heard me. That's the what, Games that's what Machine. This, the one. No, it was the oh, one. Oh, this was the one? Uh, now, I know some of these... Things have some odd scoring system, but a four out of five sounds like they didn't hate it. Hey, that sounds like they got um, some moan. A the, the average magazine rating forty seven percent brutal. Yeah, and I will tell you, um, you can this can be bought if you. Uh, I did see one for sale, uh, and if you've got uh, at with shipping, if you've got thirty eight bucks on you, you can take this thing to the house. And actually, the box of this thing's kind of cool looking. Uh, overall. Not at nearly as brutal a week as I thought it was going to be playing this. I mean, it was brutal, but it's sort of my kind of brutal boat. So I, I actually sort of, kind of, part of me sort of dug it. I'm not going to lie. All right, Aaron. Well, let's move on and check out what's been going on over in the old YouTube community this week. Very good, boat. So uh, just a couple releases this week, and I'll let you talk on this one, uh, boat, right away. This is uh, Ask the Amigos. That's right. So every month, we get together and we talk about, uh, people ask us questions on Discord on the Ask the Amigos channel. We answer them all, Aaron. Mm -hmm. We answer them all. Yeah. And uh, there was, a, w one of the questions was, would you rather go cheese rolling? Or there were several other UK pastimes that, that you might want to be involved in. It always so. amazes me where you come up with a subtext, <laughs> sub line for these. And this time, cheese roll. Now, you might ask me, what questions were we asked? I immediately forget those the Every second Every time. Yeah. You've mentioned that before, and I yeah. believe you. But we had a good time. That That's pretty much hot off the presses, dude. We, mm -hmm. just, we just cranked that out like it was last weekend. Yeah. We that was a good time. Uh, the other... Now, this is a stunner to me. You know, ARG Presents is a strange show to work on. I'll be honest with you. There's some weeks I'm like, man... Because no one watches that show in the strength of the host. I can tell you that right now. They don't <laughs> that's like not us. True. They don't hate us. You guys us. are awesome. They're actually indifferent to us. It all depends on what we're covering. And the things that we cover, sometimes I think, man, this is going to be a surefire winner. And sometimes I'm like, man, we're going to take a bath on this one. And often I'm surprised. I thought the calculator episode we did was a real good one. I, was a, I really enjoyed that. I thought it did well. And it didn't do that good. But Girl Games it has been the most popular episode we have for quite a while. It's very popular. Very on popular. On YouTube. Uh, me and the Brent did look at games marketed for girls or ladies. Uh, uh, we looked at two dramatically different choices. I went the more conventional route with Nancy Drew, Message at a Haunted House. The Brent pulled a Brent, and he picked Pac-Man. Now, I had told Boat one week ago today <laughs> that I was furious. I mean, literally, I was driving home in the car from work on Friday. Just, just thinking about it made me super furious. 
Because the Brent always picks these oddball... He's in the chat right now. You're a goof. He picks these oddball things. However, I'm going to give the devil his due. His research was spot on. And I even went back and confirmed some of his goofy research. And in fact, Pac-Man was in fact made to market toward girls. Despite the fact that man is in the title. And even if you look at the Japanese title, it still says man. Uh, this was this was marketed toward girls. I give the guy credit, and apparently the people bought it because we haven't had any hate mail. On the the uh, we did we had a few comments on the on the uh, show. It, amazingly, from a lady, I might add, who and she sided with the Brit. There you go. So there you go. A brutal shot. Listen, though. here's the secret for ARG presents YouTube views. Yeah. Every every show title just put. For girls yeah. at the end of it. It's TI-85 yeah, games. That's, it. that's how we're going to play it. There you go. Hey, listen. Uh, we appreciate everyone. We had a good crowd in the chat for that one, too. We, hey, listen, we, we'll take it. We appreciate it. So if you want to hear me and the Brent go on about... If anyone is qualified to talk about games for girls, it's me. Because I've played more Barbie than any man That's should. true. That's true. So I felt like this is an episode I can sink my teeth into, but... That's all we had on our main channel this week. Let's switch over to the Amigos stream team we had a couple offerings over there uh one was from our good buddy the flaxster yeah jack flack he did a little something something because of it's uh you know flack's no fool right what's in the news right now the new top gun movie mm -hmm. right so what's the flacker do he fires up the old c64 version of top gun mm. pretty cool i'd never i'd seen top gun look at his lighting He's got the he's got the electric blue backlight there too. Yeah, what can you do? It's electric blue. Uh, he also plays uh, Ace Two. It's funny because me and the Brent played Ace on uh, one of the episodes of Air G Presents, so I was familiar with that. I hadn't seen Ace Two. Uh, very attractive, amazing game for the uh, C sixty four. And then he finishes off a little Neo Geo Aero Fighters Two. I used to own Aero Fighters One mm. for the, the actual cabinet for it, so. I was a little bit familiar with this one. Uh, great stuff. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I also want to uh, mention that he did. Uh, he just released uh, uh, a like a DOS this week. It was on Jumpman Lives, mm -hmm. which is a game I never thought anyone would ever cover <laughs> because I only found out about it a couple years ago. It's an, basically an illegal Jumpman game that Ooh. was released, but it's a really good game. Mm -hmm. and it comes with a, uh, with a level editor, so you should definitely check out uh, Flax's other shows. Uh, last on the docket, I pulled this out of the uh, word uh, lost pile. Bam! This is a uh, this is a two year old uh, disaster stream I did, and this was on mostly what I did here was play different variants of California games. I remember that and some other stuff. Yeah, I remember. They that. got lost in the shuffle. I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick this up there. Uh, we played a lot of stuff. We went through a lot of systems. See, these are all in the original hardware. C sixty four. That's Park Patrol. That's one yeah, of my Park favorites. Patrol. Uh, uh, we did the. You remember this one? That's New York City, New York Big Apple. Yeah. Uh, we did. Uh, we did Pac Man. That's Pac Dude Pac, right there. Yeah. We also played. Like I that's said, that's the Lynx version of California games. That's impressive that you know that. Yeah, how man. do you even know? Because I'm a freaking California games genius. Listen to you. Very good. So if you want to watch me and uh, quite a few people in the chat that night, yeah, just go. I remember and play that night games. well. It's one of the greatest nights of my uh, life. Why? <laughs> well, that's Andy, Bo. Well, then you should watch this. That's that's all available on the Amigos stream team. That's three words. Subscribe today. Uh, we're going to be using this channel a lot uh, in the future. We're going to be using uh, it also to do some stuff 
for both fans. Both that's channels. Right. So. That's right. And uh, now is a good a time as any to announce that uh, if you are watching us live right now on Friday night and you're feeling froggy, uh, a couple hours after we finish Amigos, we are going to be doing a stream with original hardware. Atari 8-bit public domain games run off the original discs. I've got the 1200XL. Really? Yep, I've got oh, the 1200XL with the upgraded know. video board. I've got my 1050 disk drive and a box full of discs that uh, one of the gracious guys over at the Atari Age Forum sent me. Uh, and uh, we are going to be firing that bad boy up later this evening. So uh, stick around and get into some great Atari 8-bit action. That should be that should be interesting. That should be interesting. That's all we've got, Bo. That's all we've got. Uh, thanks, everyone, for checking out both channels. And hopefully you can find something there to watch, Bo. Now, Aaron, last week... We had the old Patreon song challenge, okay? And this one, this I've got to say that this one surprised me. Oh, yeah? Okay. Now, most of the time I have no qualms about throwing any song under the bus that I perform Patreon song challenge. Under the boat. This one, this one I did feel a little bit bad because this truly is one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, Ooh Child by The Five Stair Steps. Um, college music. Yeah, college music. Uh, but Mr. Chip... Got it right. He was the only one. I've never the heard of that song it. or that band. You've never heard, Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Nope. Ooh. It's one of the greatest Maybe I've never heard it when you time. sing it. Someday, yeah, we'll get it together. You never? Oh, never. God, oh, I don't ever want to hear it now. Well, Aaron, we've got a new Patreon song oh, challenge here. Is that why you, gra you grab the Slurpee? I'm grabbing the Slurpee. The lube I'm the... frantically looking around the room. You, you know don't... it's time. Oh, man. For the Patreon song Well, Brent challenge. says it's a great song. It is? Yeah. Thank you, Brent. Yeah. He Thank also you. picked Pac-Man for Ladies Week. I just want to make that abundantly clear. Um, So, here we go. If you know it, send me an email at johnandamigospodcast.com. yourself for this one. I can tell. And, uh... I will announce you as a winner on the next show. R. Typer Bumface, Pooh Hands Chris, Edwards Pets, Alarm, Albert Kemp, we like what we like, Mr. Chip, Peter Price. Come and be one day, early chance of Mark Richards and David Hull. Rambo, David Davis, Joe Carlos, Matthew Mobius, Phantom Magnus, Lissette Yates, Alistair, Fiend George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Dan Crabtree, Super Fam King, Crazy Loomis William, Vintage Sky Heavy System, <laughs> Bundy Fragler, Mark Ballin, Olaf Hope, Alien Breeder, <clears throat> David Lesser Calvert, Boy Daniel Williams, Son. Bomb six the bass Frodo in a solo size attack major gun Mr. Cola Barnard Lucas Jerry Dennington Zorg Love Reflection Simon Letch Cap Crispy Kilobytes and Caffeine Gary Heather Free Lunch 
Kate Fox, David Pickford, Karen Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster Minator, 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Team Drew, Joseph Harrison, Calletta, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zobar, Ben Rollenberg, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf, Gellon, Allen, Kebab, Checko, Telever Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Pear on Ricky Rocha, Creepy Dead Boy, Biggie CTZ, The Slow, Norris, Default, Sorgon, Mortensen, and then Helen, Christopher Hustle, Chris Foles, Lauren Giroux, Graham Bebke, Ed Batters, B. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Bossman, Duncan Styles, Dave from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THD, Egg Nelson, Daniel Binks, Tim Breer, and Coles, Jason Wars, Pixels of Dawn. And kill Bjorn Barman. Oh, man. Uh, we'll talk about that later. I'll chastise you later for that. <laughs> Holy good God. And, no. and of course, Aaron, we've got to thank the fine, fine folks that tune in live every Friday to watch us record on Twitch and subscribe to our Twitch channel. We got Beach Bum 7, Amy Steph, Negsol, Back to 8 Bit with Hermski, Happy Coding ZX, Crusader Bastard. Dave's at versus Do or Dan versus Donuts, Twilight Zoner, John Marshall Three, Forty Eight K Ram, Butterberg, Pixel Rages, Blow Jellyfish, Warped Metalhead, Jigglebox, Milo Loves Chocolate, Uber Scuba Diver, Real Retro Dude, Rob O'Hara, Darkwing Six O Two, MD Four Four Shoes, Grizzla, Mash Pie, Dah Crabs MTG, Mitsuyama, Oil of Hope, Steve Burtz, RetroRewind.ca, Buck Owens, Texas Foosballer, JabaSoft. Mon's a mess. Amiga Live, Christian Russell, Eeyore4077, Still Adolescing, and Frodo NL. Thank you all Thank so you. much. Thanks, everybody. All right, Aaron, what are we going to play next week? I'm afraid to look, but let's have a go at it here. And the winner is. Oh my. It's the Jaguar. Yeah. We're, we're going to play the Jag. You know, we were just talking on the Discord. One of our Discord members owns a Jag. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I so. worked for a guy who was a Jag dealer. Really? I, I rode in many Jags. Oh, man. Years. You ever steal one? No. And I've never ridden in an XJ220. Me neither, man. I've never even seen one of those. You know, no. we have went around the block on this one, haven't we, with this game? Yeah, we, we've played this several times. Yeah. Another one that I'm surprised we haven't done so far on the show, or maybe this is one of those retro rewind episodes. I can't. I, you never know. I'm not saying nothing anymore. <laughs> Every time I think we did one, we haven't done it. <laughs> All right, but we're looking forward to it. Remember, folks, uh, if you are a member of our Discord community, you can read us or leave us a review, and we'll read it on the show. If you'd like to become a member of our Discord community and enjoy many other perks, you can uh, go over to patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. Sign up over there and help support the show. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Until then, adios. adios.